0: Good day, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast of Chatting with the Light I'm Edward, otherwise known as the Light I hope everyone is having a great, uh, great July, wherever you are. In my neck of the woods, it's the week that we celebrate sailboats and all things sailing. So I guess this is a week to... Even though it's fresh water, to get our sort of Jimmy Buffett vibes on and um, enjoy the um, son of a son of a sailor mojo, which is going on here, even though of all the musical acts that are coming in to perform, they don't have a, um, you know, some sort of parrot head parody um, coming to play, which is sadly disappointing. So on this week's podcast, I have a couple of things that are rolling around in my mind that I, I want to get out and let's start with the pet peeve that is rolling in my mind. The pet peeve is something that I see online all the time and perhaps it's just how how I see things online or how things pop up in those wonderful social feeds that we all are, are you know, kind of tuned into. But it the the myth sort of goes like this, that somehow submissives, when there's a breakup, that submissives are hurt more by the breakup than than a dominant, that somehow when a relationship ends, that the dominant carries on just like, everything's fine, nothing to see here, nothing's changed. I've gone through this drastic breakup. I've lost a partner, someone that I, you know, care deeply for and I'm fine because I'm a dominant it doesn't hurt I'm not hurting and maybe it's that um kind of the the myth that dominants are men, submission are women and men don't share emotions so since we're looking at it with that skewed perspective and it's the dominance of man, and the man may be hurting, but because men don't cry or men don't display that kind of emotion, then it's uh, submissive is the one that's doing the hurting and the crying for both. I don't know. It's just it's a pet peeve that somehow when a relationship ends that um, a dominant doesn't feel sorrow, doesn't feel pain, Obviously, being on opposite sides of the slash, there's there's going to be probably some differences on how emotions are processed and handled, just like there's differences between people, how people handle emotions and handle, you know, I mean people grieve in different ways. And really kind of at the end of a relationship, there there is some grieving that goes on. So I think it's just it's a it's a myth that somehow at the end of a relationship that that a dominant uh, that doesn't care or doesn't hurt. Um, perhaps there are some who don't, um, but there are also, you know, people out there that that really don't feel, unfortunately, um, for us that do feel they, they don't. But anyways, that's just been something that's been kind of floating in my mind as of late that somehow that, you know, at the end of a relationship that a, a dominant partner doesn't hurt, that they don't, Perhaps even take baggage away from it. Um, we all do. Dominants do. Submissives do. Switches do. We all we all hurt. We all grieve. And at some point, when we're ready, hopefully, we will reengage with the dating world and and take on take on the next challenge. And speaking of challenges, that that brings me to the I guess the main point of of the podcast this week is what happens. When you have people of different experience levels, uh, gonna, you know, meet and potentially date. What it, what's it like uh, for you know, Vince, the the lifestyle veteran, to to start dating Natalie newbie? Sh- I mean, should should Vince and Natalie newbie? I mean, should you know, should they date because there is a discrepancy in in levels? It's sort of like a video game, you know, if you're you're a level 50 player. Should you be hanging out with somebody who's at level 10? Is it right? Is it fair? And what happens when you're at level 50 and you start dating somebody that's at level 49? Is is there any you know challenges to to having comparable experience levels? Um, and you know what happens when when two people who are you know at level 10 and start Start dating. What what is that like? Where heaven forbid, two people that are both brand new to the game. They're struggling at level one and and don't know anything about anything yet. What what happens when they start dating? So, you know, it's it's a, something that that does get talked about sometimes, but doesn't necessarily get talked about. So I thought it'd be a fun fun little thing to explore. What happens when different levels of experience start dating because let's let's face it experience level doesn't at least to me doesn't isn't one of the things that i consider when i am considering somebody to get to know as a romantic partner it's just it's not something that you talk about it's um obviously the lifestyle for me is something that i need as a must-have as a in a partner but I don't have a must-have experience level or a you-must-have-experienced X, Y, and Z. And I know I'm not alone in that. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, first, just a couple of, we'll call them reminders about DS relationships. Um, everyone is an equal partner, uh, even though somebody may be submissive. Uh, the control that they are giving up or handing over to their dominant is done with consent, you know, informed, enthusiastic consent. They have their their fries with that, and even though it's the dominant partner has, you know, certain certain things gifted to them by by the submissive, they are they are still equals and. Once again, this goes into the reminder category, but I was was chatting today uh, with somebody and they expressed that the, the dominant that they were interested in wanted them to prove their submission to them by engaging in certain physical acts that would bring the dominant great pleasure. No dominant would demand you prove that you are submissive by doing certain acts that would bring them pleasure. You can fill in the blanks from that, I am certain, um, to keep this episode from from sounding pornish. But yes, there are times when you could role-play something like that that were to be fun and be consensual and all of that jazz. But if you run into a dominant who says you need to prove your submissiveness or your submission to them by engaging in certain physical acts that are going to bring them pleasure... Um, In some way, shape, or form. that's, That's a warning sign. So anyways, got that off my chest and out there. So keep that in mind. Also, no one has to settle. It is truly better to be single than to settle. So there are times in life when, good golly, Miss Molly, it would be so awesome to have a partner. But having a partner sounds awesome but if they're not the right partner those times when it sounds really awesome to have a partner and you wish you would and you're perhaps you're struggling or something's gone bump in your life having the wrong partner during those times is worse than actually having a partner because you have probably somebody who's not going to be supportive in the way we need it they're causing more issues than good and finally on the reminder list ds is intoxicating it really is and especially if you've been single a while or you're new it can be very tempting to jump into a partnership or very easy to just rush right in but we need to check our enthusiasm or um, as larry david would probably tell us curb our enthusiasm and date for a while don't rush the relationship date get to know each other before you jump into the lifestyle being added to it so those are our friendly fun filled reminders so what happens when uh two inexperienced people both inexperienced with the lifestyle interested in it want the lifestyle to be a part of their partnership they meet they start to date and you know the birds are chirping and the bees are buzzing and all is good so what is what is that like when you have two inexperienced people together and there are some great things that um that can come from this first of all the lifestyle is a uh, it empowers you Even submissives, the more you understand about yourself, the more empowered you are. The more you understand the lifestyle, it brings a sense of empowerment. Same for dominance. So you have this empowerment that's happening. And also you're discovering all sorts of new cool things about yourself as you explore the lifestyle. And now you have a partner who's doing the same thing. So you're empowering. You're you're sort of empowering the, the beast of a relationship. You're empowering each other. And your self-discoveries are probably helping lead your partner to self-discoveries or the person you're dating, potential partner. It's all it's all good because you're empowering each other. You're you're discovering new things about yourself. And as your partner is discovering things about themselves, you're discovering this all together. So there's all kinds of empowerment and there's all kinds of discovery. That is just fantastic. Um, another thing that's fantastic when, when two people that are starting to explore together are, are doing it together is they're on equal footing. And what I mean by equal footing is there isn't any potential power imbalances or a more experienced person normally on the dominant side, but it is submissives do do this as well. Um, don't Don't think for a minute there aren't. How submissives with bad intentions or I guess like the old movie cruel intentions there are but you're on an equal footing so both partners there isn't a partner that's using sort of their experience to manipulate or doing any of that sort of naughtiness Um, and I don't mean naughtiness in in the fun kind of naughtiness Uh, but there's an equal footing between partners there's there's the you know there's no one that's really able or has the experience to to stack the deck in certain ways. Uh, since both partners are new to the lifestyle, there's a whole lot of exploration going on. Hey, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's experiment here. Ooh. Hey, what do you think about doing that? It's it's very very conducive to creating an environment where exploration and experimentation can happen which is what needs to happen in ds you need to say hmm i would like to try Ooh, hey i really like that i want to try more of that or hey um you know when we tried that last night yeah it really you know in my fantasies boy it sounded fun but the reality is okay i've tried it let's let's try something different next time. So you have a lot of that exploration, experimentation that happens together, and it's bringing you together, even if the end result isn't what we thought it was going to be when we envisioned, say, bringing that fantasy to life. And that's a, you know, it's a fact of life. Not every every fantasy or everything we want to try, we end up liking, even though it sounded awesome when we invented it in our minds or thought about it in our minds. Uh, the other thing that all this exploration and experimentation is going to do it's going to create a safe secure environment because when the environment is you know safe and secure, every, everybody's learning so it's very easy to um, kind of sing meatloaf to your partner i I would do, Anything over there for love with you, but no, I'm not gonna do that. That's why Meatloaf is a fun way to talk about safe words. You know, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Um, by the way, if you are very young, Meatloaf is a singer who had, I think, what uh, that had two hits I Would Do Anything for Love and um, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, which. Somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Which, if you haven't gone to a Rocky Horror Picture Show screening, it's definitely something to put on your bucket list. Um, They are a whole lot of fun. Um, So anyway, uh, you create a safe environment where boundaries can be discussed easily. Um, You're creating any accountability any rules or expectations even everything is being created from scratch there's nothing there's nothing written in stone you have you have a complete blank slate which creates a very very safe and nurturing environment now there are some challenges to what happens when two people who are less experienced get together. Now, these challenges are very, very overcome. You know, they're, they're easy to overcome if you want to overcome them, which isn't that the, the kicker for most relationships? You can fix most things if the people involved want them fixed. And sometimes that's the problem. There's somebody who doesn't want to fix them. So, anyway, challenges of two inexperienced people. Um, the first big challenge is since the people involved are new. Um, there is going to be a lack of possible guidance. W- where do you go to get answers to these pressing lifestyle questions? How do you build a foundation of a lifestyle relationship? And and boy, we have these issues that are popping up. How do we how do we navigate them? Because it's all new and. Neither person has done it before, so there's. Do we do trial and error? What? How do we do this? We, you know, it's not like, you know, we can go to our friends and say, you know, hey, we're having this problem. We have this BDSM component to our relationship, and I think my submissive is topping from the bottom, and this, and and you know, my Natalie, Natalie newbie, she doesn't think she's. To- you can't just go to your vanilla friends and say that. So there's there can be a lack of lack of guidance. You know how do you how do you handle things? Yes, there's the internet, but I mean are we getting good information or bad information on the internet? and since you're new, you don't know the good from the bad. Um, another area that can be a challenge is communication. Um, communication, when we're trying to express desires, limits, concerns, sometimes we might, since we're new, use the right terminology, or we might use potentially the right terminology just in the wrong way everything is new there's all kinds of verbiage that's new acronyms have multiple meanings sometimes so communication can be a challenge because one person may hear one thing and the other person meant something else so there's going to be communication hurdles which makes it doubly important that if you're you're both new or all three of you are new however many people are in the relationship if if the majority of people are new that communication is extra important another area like we talked about is the you know lack of guidance but on top of that is trying to get the right resources deciding what is good information? What is bad information? Is this person over here on Instagram good? Is this person's blog over here? Is, is that really good information? I mean, it sounds good, but do they really know what they're talking about? And that's where I think it's important to have mentors, uh, people that you can go to and ask questions. And when it comes to mentors, I will say this repeatedly, and I will probably be saying this till I'm blue in the face, if you're a dominant, seek out dominant mentors. Seek out other dominants that you can go to. Um, for example, if, you know, our good friend Vince Vanilla, who no longer wants to be Vanilla, who's dating Natalie Newby, and, and Vince thinks that Natalie might be topping from the bottom, but he's not quite sure. Natalie doesn't think she is. And so Vince can go to, you know, Donald Dominant and say, hey, Donnie, I think Natalie's topping from the bottom. This is what's going on. Is she topping from the bottom, or am I just, you know, doing something maybe wrong? And the same with Natalie. She needs to be able to go to, and, I'm, and I apologize for using stereotypical gender names with, with these, um, with the male-dominant female submissive. Shame on me. I will have to change that up next time. But submissives need to have submissive mentors so that they can share their side with other submissives who may have a little bit more experience than they do who may have seen the same thing because it can be very easy for dominance to give advice you know like I'm doing here and you're a submissive to take my advice and there's nothing nothing wrong with that at least I don't think so but when it comes to seeing things from the submissive side from a submissive submissives perspective it's Shoes that I haven't walked in. I can walk in a submissive shoes. I can play the role of a submissive, even though it's not going to necessarily be rewarding for me. But it's not going to invoke the same emotions. So it's very important that submissives have submissive mentors to go to. Dominants have other dominants they can go to. Same with switches. And you get that, oh, you know, I had a similar situation once. Here's what happened and here's how I resolved it from people that are that are mentors to you. It's another great reason to get involved in your local community because in your local community you can sit down face-to-face with people, which makes judging whether they are full of malarkey or not a whole lot easier because you're having that conversation. You can see they're nonverbals. You're not just looking at at text on a screen so that's some thought there finally whenever we are new at anything in life we're gonna suck we are gonna suck at it and we are gonna make mistakes even if you are a natural athlete who picks up a baseball for the first time and throws it 100 miles an hour for a strike there's gonna be parts of the game that you are gonna suck at because you don't know the game you don't understand the rules. And the same is true when we have a lifestyle relationship. Even if if the people involved are all new and let's say they are naturally gifted to DS, it, maybe it feels like home to their soul as it did for me. Um, perhaps that makes sense to you. It feels like home. You've come to the lifestyle and it feels home. But even though it feels home and everything feels right we're new, we're gonna, we're gonna screw up. Unintentionally, we are gonna screw up. And when we screw up, if we are in a partnership and we screw up, it's not just the individual screwing up that is gonna have a problem. Odds are you're screwing up in a way that's going to impact your partner or partners. So if you are new exploring ds with a partner understand that mistakes are going to happen there's going to be a learning curve and it's going to require patience you're gonna have to be able to forgive and forget those screw-ups that happen it's so important to do that so that's kind of the pros and cons of two people who are coming to the lifestyle without a whole lot of experience. Now, let's go on the opposite end of that. Uh, let's say you are an experienced person. You are you're a veteran, and you are going to date um, Edward Experienced. How about that? I got my own name in there. Um, but you have two experienced people. People or more. Maybe it's a maybe it's a triad of experienced people that have that have come together to start dating. However the relationship works and however the number of people that come, of course there are benefits when people who are experienced come together. There's an enhanced understanding. There is less likely, even though it still happens, because well, the most one of the more important questions everybody needs to know about the lifestyle is this one. What does that mean for you? Because if I lined up five dominants and asked them to define what it means to be a dominant, you would have five very different answers. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. It's one of the beauties of the lifestyle is that it's very individualistic for everyone. But it also means that things that we can quickly make assumptions about we shouldn't make assumptions we should ask what does that mean to you but anyway when you have experienced people you have an enhanced understanding you have people that understand terminology they understand safe words they've negotiated boundaries before they're comfortable saying i need this in a lifestyle relationship I need to be able to tie you up because rope is my thing. They get it. They know it. They don't have to say, hmm, boy, I wondered if I'd like it if I tied up my partner with rope. They know they need it, want it, have to have it. Um, They also, you know, are able to understand their roles. There isn't going to be, it isn't as likely that an experienced partner is going to decide that, their role is going to change. A lot of times when people who are new to the lifestyle, their roles will change or morph a little bit as they mature into it. Experienced people, you have that a bit more assuredness that the role you're starting with is the role that you're going to end with. And then, of course, we have skill sets. Rather than, say, spanking for the first time, there's there's an experience level with things that that they like so you have you have more advanced skills, which is a which can be a wonderful thing when it comes to it comes to playtime. Um, also, since it's not their first rodeo, they have a better understanding of how to support and guide and mentor their partner, which helps the partnership grow rather than trying to figure out what they like and how they like it and and all of it's it's more, you can kind of get right to the, the supporting and growing of it. Now there are, believe it or not, there are concerns that happen when experienced people get together for a relationship. There can be kind of a little bit of a power struggle sometimes within a dynamic, even between a dominant and submissive. There's a submissive. There can be a struggle to start with because the submissive, is basing how they act on their past. We're human; we do that. Same with the dominant. So, everybody's experiences are going to be different. So there, there, there's going to be a bit of a struggle to find, to find balance where the the submissive sweet spot is and where the dominant sweet spot is and how they come together. Another issue that happens with many experienced people in relationships. Um, And I guess since we started with a pet peeve, we'll we'll throw this on. This is another one of Edward's pet peeves with experienced people is they're they're rigid and they don't want to change. We talk about how open-minded this lifestyle is, uh, but you will find this among some experienced people. They do not want to change, which leads to problems when you have experienced people because that person that doesn't want to change their partner may enjoy being spanked but they don't want to be spanked with a flogger they like a bare hand and that dominant who does love the spanking they're a flogger person so there i mean it's that's very trivial but there is resistance to change and yet that's the one constant in this world is change so you can have kind of a butting of heads because they're not willing to be changeable or more as flexible as somebody who has less experience Uh, another potential issue is we tend to learn more and more about less and less and i wish i could remember the professor that 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 was their their thing in college Uh, was definitely a history professor, um, but which one, I can't remember. But we learn as we grow, and we learn, it is true whether it's in the academic world or in our professional lives or even in our personal lives, we learn more and more about less and less. We find that, I'll use myself as an example, I love snow sports. I love skiing. I don't really love snowboarding, but I said I love snowboarders, you know, snow sports. Well, snowboarding, you know, well, yeah, but I tried it. Epic fail, tried skiing, failed a lot, but wasn't the epic fail snowboarding was. So now I've learned that I like skiing better than snowboarding. And now my, I build my knowledge in about more and more about skiing, which is less and less of, of the overall picture of snow sports so we have that same sort of thing happen in the lifestyle we learn more and more about the things we like and less and less about things that don't really click with us like snowboarding <clears throat> so you have that um that different um different perspectives because of that also the more relationships that we have or the more experience that we have in something we are going to have things go bump things will go bad which means we're going to have baggage you're going to have more baggage with an experienced person in the lifestyle than a less experienced person with lifestyle baggage and if things really went bump um, and we all have them whether they're big triggers or small triggers we all are going to pick up a trigger or two along the way And this is true no matter what it is we're experiencing in life. We're going to have some triggers happen to us. So we're going to have some triggers and baggage that comes with with an experience pairing. Um, And finally, one of the um, issues that happens with, with experienced people is we kind of talked about that resistance to change thing. And, boy, Suddenly, my mind is going blank. The resistance. Oh, yes, it's the um, not having to to retrain. Uh, and when I say retrain, it it goes to that that um, that doing things in a in the ways that we we're, we're used to doing them, and so we are going to have to set aside what we did in the past with past relationships, and learn to do them the way that is beneficial for our partner. And sometimes experienced people in the lifestyle struggle to put aside the old way for the new way. So there's sort of a retraining that that has to occur. So that's that's some of the positives and perils of what happens when you have experienced and experienced partners come together. Now finally, we have what happens when you have one partner that this is definitely not their first kinky rodeo and then you have somebody who has never been to a rodeo before or maybe they've been to a few little small ones and this is their first professional rodeo. Um, So what happens when you have the experienced and the inexperienced um, come together? And this is very common, especially with the prevalent you know prevalence of the of the internet it it happens um, you get more and more people who are coming together that are have vast differences in their experience level so what happens when that happens there are definitely some benefits um, first of all the lesser experience partner has somebody who's been there done it and has the t-shirt so they can share their knowledge, they can guide them and teach them as they go. And because you're in a loving partnership, you have kind of have a built-in mentor. And yes, we talked about still finding mentors that are on the same side of the slash as you are. You have a loving partner who is going to be there to mentor and support you. Still seek out those Still seek out those mentors on the same side of the slash as you, especially if you are the lesser experienced partner. You'll need them possibly. So still seek them out. Still have them. And on top of that, you have somebody that wants to see you grow and explore in the lifestyle. The experienced partner is going to want to see you grow and explore in this lifestyle because if they're experienced odds are they know they need the lifestyle to be a part of it they really really like you you have this loving adoring building thing and so they're going to want to see you love and adore the lifestyle with them so you can grow together Um, now if you're the experienced person there are some great things that come along with dating somebody who is newer they come in with fresh perspectives fresh ideas they are not hung up on doing it the way they've done it for the last 10 years they don't look at something and they probably won't say well it's been done this way since the 1990s we need to keep doing it this way they're going to say well why do we do it that way that doesn't make sense to me what about if we did it this way you're going to have fresh ideas you're going to have fresh perspectives so you both can grow which is fantastic and Something that I've noticed for the the relationships where you've had an experienced person partner with an inexperienced person, they both learn from each other. It's not just the you know the lesser experienced partner gaining the knowledge that fresh perspective teaches the old dogs the you know new tricks, lots of new tricks. And because you have the fresh perspective meeting the experienced ideas. It really does let people build a dynamic the way they want to. Sometimes when you have experienced people coming together, they do fall into that habit. Well, a DS dynamic looks like this because it's always looked like this for us, so we have to make our dynamic look and fit that mold rather than when you perhaps would have somebody with a new perspective that'll say, screw what DS has looked like for the last 10 years let's let's make this let's make this relationship ours and who cares what other people call it and finally for the experienced partner they don't have to teach their partner to unlearn what they've learned to relearn it the way they like it you don't have you when you're the experienced partner and you're teaching somebody who is newer you're teaching them exactly how you like it, the way you like it, why you like it. You're not having to have them unlearn to relearn. So that is awesome. Now, there are, of course, there are some challenges when you have the inexperienced and experienced person partner. Um, whether it's intentional or not, sometimes the experienced person may overwhelm the new person with how things are going for perhaps it's trying something new and the the scene gets overwhelming or perhaps they bring up something that they want to do that because they're new and they don't have a lot of experience can can feel intimidating um in the c alphabet soup that is you know, DS and BDSM, there are so many acronyms. So many. I mean, even I occasionally find myself going over to Google and typing them into the computer. And I, oh, well, I think this means this, but does it really? So, even with experienced people having to occasionally look up acronyms or meanings or all of that, miscommunication can happen. Um, it, you know I thought you meant this when instead you meant that so you have you can have misunder miscommunications and misunderstandings come out of the different the different experience levels. there also can be sometimes once again a bit of a dynamic in power where and this is oh. Heck, there's no easy way to sugarcoat it. There are some people who are going to take advantage of somebody who is new. They will take advantage, use their experience to manipulate them and perhaps manipulate the consent they have gotten because they know enough to tell the person enough to get them to consent, but they really don't know the rest of the story. So you have people that can and do, unfortunately, take advantage of that situation. Um, the biggest fear um, that, and this is this is not something that's statistic, this is just something that, that I've talked about it with, with people that I'm friends with or friendly with or have seen and have been around the lifestyle for a long time. The biggest fear that the experienced people have when they get involved with somebody who is newer is, let's say, everything is just fabulous. It's awesome. And then the person who is new says, you know, you're amazing. This relationship is amazing. But the whole lifestyle thing isn't for me. And the experienced person is sitting there going, yeah, but I need the lifestyle. That's that's why... You know, that's why I've been single since, you know, 2016, is because I need the lifestyle. And I haven't found that. And I found you, and I thought everything was amazing. And now you're saying that, yeah, you want to keep going, but the lifestyle doesn't work for you. And yet I need the lifestyle. So that's that's the biggest fear the experienced person has, is that the lifestyle, the person who is new, is going to suddenly decide the lifestyle is not for them, which is going to leave a very hard decision for the, the people involved. Um, also, another challenge sometimes is that when there is a problem, because things are new, it can be hard for effective communication to happen because the person who is new may not be able to communicate right to the point what's getting... What's, what the issue is or or how they're feeling. There can be some miscommunications there. So, and finally, I hear this from a lot of submissives when they are approached by a dominant who is newer, is that they are submissive. They do not want to teach a dominant how to be dominant. So you have... There are a good deal of submissives who are out there who are experienced who will discount dominants who are newer, which also leads to, of course, the problem that exists online of instant mastery. Or, for example, the newer dominant discovers quickly that there are quite a few submissives who will not give them the time of day, even for just friendly conversation, because they're new. So... The easiest way to rectify that in the online world is pretend you're experienced. And that's one of the things that is a contributor to the problem of instant mastery that happens in the lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody is entitled to feel how they feel, and the submissive shouldn't have to say, yeah, I don't want to date somebody who is new. Because there are dominants who will say the same thing. Um, There are more dominants who are open to dating new people than there are um, I would say experience submissive um, that's just my experience there's no hard and fast facts that's just just what experience has shown me um, the other thing that I want to share especially if you are on the inexperienced side is not all experience dominance and this is the inexperienced submissive side not all experience dominance um, are going to approach you with the best of intentions you see them, and you see these folks everywhere. And there, are, I'm sure there are um, females that do the same thing. However, most of the individuals that I'm going to talk about are men, and they are looking for women, and they identify a lot of times as dominant trainers or a training dom like somehow like dominance is a bike and you put on your training dom wheels and you learn how to ride your submissive bike thanks to your training dom wheels that keep you from falling over the thing is with dominance um we can like i can talk to you about the lifestyle Uh, we can talk to submissives and explain what we like and why we like it and things that other dominants like and why they like them. But if I am going to teach you what I like or teach you about, like, actual teach, like, I am a teacher, I can do that, but these trainers will want to do more than just teach they are going to want to get hands-on because as a submissive you need to understand what it's like to live and to have rules and expectations oh yeah and let's not forget about the other side of that the accountability side so when you say forget to check in at 5 30 on a thursday night that dominant now gets to punish you for your oversight because you're learning It wasn't like you, as a submissive, that you didn't check in because you just didn't feel like it. You just goofed up. Well, now, senior trainer is going to be able to get his grubby little hands on you to spank you. And these training doms will often not allow their training submissives, the submissives that are getting trained, to be in a relationship with anybody else. I don't know why that's important. Why can't you train them together if you're a trainer, teacher? Mm -hmm. Um, they will limit their access to information for example, you cannot go to in-person munches or if you do, you have to go with me as my partner, so we are always together, they very much typically you will see these also are men of a certain age looking for young submissives, and I think it's a ploy that a lot of men of that midlife crisis age um, use to get their grubby little hands on young, inexperienced women that would never give them the time of day otherwise. But here they're offering this wonderful service to teach you how to be a submissive, a good submissive. You know they are. You know Danny dominant, and Danny's been a dom since he was twenty-two. He'll teach you everything you need to know on how to serve Danny, not on anything about the lifestyle. Yes, you'll learn about the lifestyle, but you'll learn what Danny likes. So then after your training is completed, which means um, the dominant has found a newer, shinier, younger version um, and moves on to that, um, what the poor submissive who has been trained will have learned is that they only know how to please Danny dominant. They don't know how to... uh, treat or interact with who's next so a lot of the trainers are dangers so not all and certainly not you know everybody who is out there like doing things like that has bad intentions but there are individuals out there who definitely try to take advantage of inexperienced and so the lifestyle in my opinion does have a trainer danger. So, when you come across, if you are submissive, a dominant who is out there advertising their services as a training dom, be very, very, very careful. My advice rather than seeking a trainer dominant, get involved in your local community, meet real dominants, go to munches, have conversations with them, and Let's say you live in a rural area where munches are not easy to get to. It'd be a three-hour drive to go to dinner. That literally, probably isn't practical for most people. There are plenty of online meetup groups. There are plenty of you know Zoom discussion groups. Hop online. You know, do some online classes. You know, just like you would for you know a college class. Take some online classes. Get to know some people. Just stay away from somebody that wants to get their hands on you to teach you hands on. There are things in the lifestyle that are very important to learn um, in a hands on way. For example, we'll use spanking. It's very important to understand how to, where to, where not to. All of that. It's very important. You can read all you want. You can watch all the YouTube videos you want. But that is something that you definitely learn or Get the most out of hands-on, but if you're a submissive, um, and you're letting somebody just spank you, to spank you, yeah, I. So that's just my advice. If you're new, that sounds appealing, stay away from the trainers. So I am a firm believer in that dominance should teach and not train. So besides, when you think of a trainer. A couple of things pop right to my mind. Um, first, since I'm somewhat sporty, when I think trainer, I think of the person that runs onto the playing field or since I'm more familiar with hockey and needing a trainer, perhaps because you got a free dental exam at the courtesy of somebody else's stick or you decided to use your mouth to stop a hockey puck, the trainer is the person that comes running onto the ice to make sure you're okay or to to help mend you should you not be okay. Or if you are a fan of horse racing, uh, my uncle was a trainer for years of horses that did the... um, I don't know what it's called. It's where the, the horse runs and the like the jockey doesn't ride the horse they ride in a little buggy behind them Um, but he trained horses for for many years to do that competitively so those are types of things that i think of when trainers or even professional trainers you know those people that come into your workplace to teach you how to use that latest piece of equipment those kind of trainers are great i just don't think we need to have dominance be Training submissives on how to be submissives. It's just it's lifestyle so individualistic. We we just don't need it. And unfortunately, most of those guys are men who are just truthfully using it to get their get their yah on and not doing it for the right reasons. Which is just to teach because you're teaching because because you love it. So no matter what, if you are experienced, inexperienced, to make. Any kind of DS relationship work. It takes open and honest communication. You have to want to work with your partner. And no matter your experience level, you're going to have to learn and grow together. Uh, even if it's learning, you know, teaching the old dog new tricks, you're going to be able to, ha- you're going to have to have the ability to set and maintain boundaries. And you're going to be able to have to have those communications afterwards when you say how did it go what can we do better and you're going to have to learn from not so good feedback because we're all going to screw up and make mistakes no matter no matter what experience levels we have so that's what i have on experience levels and i'm, I'm curious where do you stand with uh, with experience levels If you just want to go down and leave me some feedback, I would love to hear from everybody as to what you think. Do you think you would be most comfortable with a more experienced partner? Would you prefer somebody that's on the same experience level as you? Or is it all about the person rather than the experience level? Does the experience level not not matter to you? So let me know what you think there. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. And no matter where you're listening... Scroll down, click that follow button, so every Tuesday morning you get a nice little reminder saying that there is a new episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper to listen to. So I look forward to chatting with you next week, and have a great day.